Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Happy Game of Thrones episode three day. This is Daily Thrones, a quick look at the world of ice and fire as we gear up for today's episode, The Queen's Justice. We've been talking the last couple of days what we think that justice will be. A lot of people uh, checking in with the idea that, yeah, perhaps either Tyene, Laria San, Yara Greyjoy, or all three might pay the ultimate price for being captured by Euron and presented to Cersei as a gift. I still think that that could happen, but I also think those are valuable prisoners, and maybe Cersei will just slowly maybe shame, shame, shame them, but we'll see tonight. Also, the fantasy meetup of Jon and Daenerys. We've been talking about that all week. I want to hear your guys' thoughts on more things that might happen in tonight's episode or big revelations. What are some of the ideas that we might be playing with tonight? On episode three, the Queen's Justice Daily Thrones is where you want to be to get ready and react and have a lot of fun talking Game of Thrones favorite the station so you don't miss a broadcast. Don't for don't forget to call in. Don't be shy. Call in. And we are on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. It is a daily podcast now. You can also subscribe to Rate and Review if you haven't already over there and you're listening. Guys, Daily Thrones, this is it. We are in the thick of things in season seven already one of my most favorite seasons i really really love the first two episodes and what's going on and what's been doing i was watching a little bit of season five last night that's what i do i just randomly put on seasons and just enjoying some of the things i do kyburn is so great so great in season five the so these were devout prostitutes as he says to the high septon before they toss him in the dungeons underneath the red keep love that stuff a lot of great things in season five that uh, i didn't you know at the time season five's a maligned season but there's things i'm already looking at and listening to that go oh this is already starting to pay off in season seven which is why i'm so happy with the season so far all right guys call in let's get ready for tonight it's day of the thrones this is what we do Hey, Ken, Kevin Ross. So tonight I believe Littlefinger is going to start in uh, spreading chaos and building the next rung of his ladder to the Iron Throne by revealing to the Lords of the North that John is not a true Stark, but really R plus L equals J. I believe Littlefinger has known this all along and has been waiting for the appropriate moment to throw his bomb. Um, I don't know why it always takes Littlefinger getting beaten up by a Stark for him to start to hate the Starks. It's just part of his personality trait, but but here you go. And uh, John is going to start putting together his, uh, you know, his SEAL team, you know, his strike force to go after the Night's King, because they're all going to realize that there's not enough men in a, for a straight-out one-on-one fight, big fight. They're going to have to do surgical strikes to take out the Night King. Cut off the head the body will fall. Thanks. What's going on, Ken? How you doing? Uh, Speculation time, why don't we? Uh, You were speaking about the Night King beforehand, and, uh, you know, I was just thinking, since George R.R. Martin has said the series is going to have a bittersweet ending, does that mean that perhaps, in the end, it's going to fall upon the battle between the Night King and Jon Snow? If 
the prophecy is to be believed, and he is Azor Ahai reborn. Uh, the Song of Ice and Fire, the the Battle of Ice and Fire, if you will. Uh, is that what the bittersweet ending means? That in the end, John is the one that can defeat the Night King, but at the cost of his own life, which he's given before. But you think maybe that's where this is going? All right, a couple calls I want to address here as we are uh, counting down to episode three tonight. Mark with a great call about possibly the end of the series involving Jon Snow's death. By this point, I think he'll have his real name. He'll actually know who he is. And maybe the point of him going against the Night King is that he has to once again die and sacrifice himself for the realm. It's an interesting thought, Mark, and you put out a good idea because I've been focusing on that bittersweet promised ending from George R. R. Martin. It has something to do with Danny, and that's because I go back to the prophecy, some of the stuff she's seen uh, saw in the House of the Undying, and her ending up north of the wall with Cal Drogo and their son. Like, I could see that leading to her having a bittersweet uh, ending to her story that is uh, about a reunion with father and son but then involves her death. But maybe she, because this is a Targaryen story, maybe she is the Targaryen that survives, and Jon Snow is the Targaryen that has to sacrifice himself for the realm. It would, it would, it would certainly fit with the Jon Snow character. Uh, you know, he, he, he's not sticking around for love. I think he loves Eager to the end. I was rewatching some of the season five stuff with Melisandre. He does not give in to her temptation because he still clearly loves Egret. And then she eerily, spookily says, you know nothing, Jon Snow. How did she know that? But I can see Jon Snow not wanting to stick around this world, not wanting to sit on the throne, not wanting to live a normal life. It's like Frodo at the end of Return of the King. He's gone too far. He saved the world can never go back to the way it was. So I could see Jon Snow laying down his life again for the ultimate victory over the Night King. Kevin has a great question as well. He's always got great theories over there, three cocktail questions. And he's uh, bringing up the idea of uh, Peter Baelish, Littlefinger, building that wrong. This might be the week he starts making his move, and I think that move might be ha, ha, might be around the idea of him revealing who Jon Snow really is. That would absolutely throw a wrinkle into the picture. He's the King of the North because he's a Stark. The King of the North whose name is Stark. Even though he's Snow, everyone's saying, don't worry, he's a Stark. And yeah, now that is true. If everything we know of R plus L equals J is true, then he's got half Stark in him. But he's mostly, I think, at the end of the day, would be considered a Targaryen, and that might throw some ring, uh, might throw some uh, different hats into the ring. Now, the North might say, whatever. Targaryen, Stark, he's got enough Stark blood in him. He is uh, maybe not Ned Stark's kid, but he's Lyanna Stark's son, and we're good with that. He's still our king. Or maybe, and the way it goes in Westeros, maybe chaos would start to reign. That's what Baelish wants. Going back to watching some of the stuff in season five with Baelish and, and, and marrying off Sansa to uh, Ramsay Bolton and, and trying to form this partnership with Roose Bolton. I believe Baelish didn't fully understand who Ramsay was. I don't think he'd willingly give Sansa over to a complete madman, but at the same time, it's Baelish. He wants to create chaos, and that's what he did. He wanted Stannis to come down. He wanted the war for Winterfell. He wanted the Battle of the Bastards, and now, well... They want Jon Snow? Great. They think he's a Stark? Awesome. But do they know this? I guess the question is, how does Baelish know who Lyanna Stark is? I mean, well, we know he knows her. Everyone knows of her. But how does she know who she is in terms of Jon Snow? That is the big question.
Hey, Ken, Kevin Ross. So everyone's been speculating that Littlefinger has uh, knowledge that R plus L equals J, including myself, and he'll start spreading that uh, theory around the North now. But why does he know it? Well, in the books, we know that he was there at the tournament uh, where Rhaegar and and Lyanna met each other and uh, began that relationship. But it does seem like Littlefinger, to help Lyanna leave the castle to rendezvous with Rhaegar in the first place. That seems like a very, very Littlefinger-y thing to do, to put those two together. And that's why he knows that she wasn't kidnapped. He actually helped uh, helped her elope with Rhaegar. That's what makes a lot of sense to me. Thanks. All right, so Kevin's right back with this theory about maybe Baelish helped Lyanna Stark get down south out of Winterfell and into the arms of Rhaegar Targaryen. It's interesting. Baelish is one of those guys, we know he has spies, we know he has little birds, much like Varys, but he seems to know those those real, real important details, like the history of the Hound. Not a lot of people knew that story. The Hound certainly didn't tell a lot of people, but Baelish knew. He definitely knows. Uh, every indication. Uh, the crypt scene in Season 5 with Sansa Stark, where she's talking about Rhaegar kidnapping and raping Lyanna Stark. Baelish gives it look like, uh, you naive child. But then again, that's how everyone around these parts was raised. That's what they're taught to believe. Baelish does know. Is he well-researched? Or did he help Leanna Stark, as Kevin's supposing here, as Kevin's proposing, as Kevin's theorizing, as he loves to do over at Three Cocktail Questions, go check out that station, did Leanna Stark get help from Peter Baelish? It's a good question. All right, Daily Thrones fans, episode three is about to start. I won't be watching till late. Don't spoil me, but you guys can call in with your reactions right here on Daily Thrones. Your voice is just as important as my voice as we react together, break it down, discuss, have our theories, and then it all is on a podcast the next day. That's what we're doing. Get ready for the Queen's Justice and let me know what you think right here on Daily Thrones. All right, guys, we're going to be talking about the Queen's Justice a lot this week and maybe forever. All right, I'm gonna. I, I just got. This was absolutely one of my favorite episodes ever. Loved so much of what was done in here. Loved the way they executed a lot of the stuff. And in a season in which we were promised fast breakneck action, I think we all misunderstood. We all misunderstood what that meant. Some story elements move along fast. Yeah, John and Davos travel pretty quick to, to Dragonstone. I'm fine with that. Do you want to see an episode where they're just on the road, camping out, eating in inns, sailing down? No. Let's get right to the point, and I loved it. And in a scene, it's not the books, but it's in a scene that people have been waiting for essentially since 1996, they took their time with John and Danny. And I love that they didn't get along. I love that they were barbing with each other. I love that Daenerys Targaryen was that... Uh, Daenerys we saw in Marine, that D- Daenerys we saw in Slaver's Bay, who, who is a just person but can sometimes be stubborn, can sometimes be a little full of herself, but does it for the good of her people and, and, and her agenda. And I love that stuff. And Jon Snow, I loved him being frustrated with it. I loved him and Tyrion. What I'm loving so much about Season 7 is we are getting all these things kind of 
these solutions and these stories intertwining. And the, the, Bran and Sansa reuniting was great, but John and Tyrion reuniting was one of my favorite things ever. It their their interactions in season one, especially when you go back and watch it, it just uh, some of my favorite scenes, some of my favorite moments. There's a tenderness and under, understanding that Tyrion has for John, and that John eventually has for Tyrion that I just absolutely love. And it. Uh, their moments on top of that hill uh, overlooking uh, Dragonstone just great and the battle I'll say you know I, I was expecting to see more of Casterly Rock but much like with Rickon and Shaggy Dog I guess we don't really need that we don't really need Casterly Rock Jamie says it himself it has value to me because of my memories it, it's not about uh, it, it really doesn't have any 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 kind of uh, value to Cersei anymore and that is uh, that is the truth. And so the battle, the way it was done, the way it was shot, with uh, Tyrion talking over it, I loved it. I, I'm okay with it. You don't all. We're so used to seeing these big battles now. We're so used to it. We, but this was uh, reminiscent a little bit of season one. Ironically, they talk about the uh, the, the season one uh, battle where. Uh, excuse me. It's a. Season one, season two. Oh my gosh, my memory's going. When Rob Stark captures Jamie, uh, it uh, it's season season two. Why am I forgetting this? Um, I love that. Let's go back to that because we didn't see that battle either. We didn't see it at all. We we only heard about it, and um, so to have that kind of it's there's some poetry to it. Is what I'm trying to say. And uh, the the death scene in in a show. Where so many big dramatic deaths have occurred, where they've been violent, they've been brutal. You've you have the Elena Tyrell death scene is one of the best scenes I've ever seen on this show, and fitting a fitting exit for a spectacular character. And Diana Rigg, hats off to her. And Cersei, we're seeing Cersei in full power. We, we thought maybe she didn't have it in her. Her father would be proud. Father would absolutely proud be proud. She's the one who got it. The, the, the Alara San Tain stuff is just brutal in a different kind of way. Again, not overtly violent. The, the underlying emotional brutality. I want to I want to say hats off to Cersei Lannister, but it's it's tough to say. I'm still processing it. I'm going to watch the uh, episode again. This is my initial thoughts. Thrones talk tomorrow on Collider will be uh, uh, will be going full swing, but we're going to talk about it all week here on Daily Thrones. Call in, guys, now so I can post your calls tomorrow on what you thought about these episodes, what you loved, what you didn't like. Maybe maybe some of you have a different opinion of the episode than I do. I absolutely loved it. Whew, gotta take a breath. Game of Thrones, you're doing it in a different way. This is like season two and season one Game of Thrones. We're taking our time, we're having our moments, and I love it. That's what we do here on Daily Thrones. We break it down. I wanna hear your guys' thoughts. I'm gonna watch it again. <laughs>